are now listening to an exclusive interview only on uclaradio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to UCLA Radio. My name is Anish V. Today with me, I have a very special guest, Mr. Andrew Simon, the Chief Executive Officer of Axis TV. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I met Mr. Simon at the uh, New Japan show and at the WOW TV taping earlier uh, in the year or earlier in the academic year. And uh, Mr. Simon is a former Bruin, and he currently um, is one of the key members in bringing a lot of professional wrestling to Access TV and TV in the United States. So how, how did you get into Access, first of all? You know, it's kind of crazy. I was uh, running sales and marketing for Cox Communications in Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. uh, one day out of the blue, I get a call from uh, Mark Cuban, and my secretary says, hey, Mark Cuban's on the line. Do you want to talk to him? And I'm like, uh, sure. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a good person to talk to. I've never met Mark in my life. Um, mm-hmm. I talked to Mark, and he says, do you want to meet for lunch uh, this coming week? We met for lunch and talked for about five or six hours that day about random things from sports to entertainment. And mm-hmm. we would just kind of email each other a bit about different things going on. And then one day I said, you know, I'm thinking of leaving uh, Cox Communications. And Mark Cuban said, do you want to come work for me? Uh, offered me a few different opportunities, and next thing you know, I was running uh, the sports group for Access TV. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So that's Mark Cuban <laughs> for the Dallas Mavericks, and uh, currently one of the owners of Access TV, am I right? That's correct. He uh, founded originally, we were called HDNet, and we were the first high-definition television network out there. And okay. uh, I met Mark back then, and uh, I came in to uh, start expanding his sports Okay, so Mark Cuban is a big professional wrestling fan as well. And when I met you, it was very clear that you, you love this business. So as a kid, or when did you start watching wrestling? Oh, man, I've been watching professional wrestling my whole life. You know, you don't always admit it to everybody out there when you were younger, but um, mm-hmm. I was watching everything pro wrestling oriented. I grew up in New York, um, go to Madison Square Garden shows, and uh, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so I didn't have MSG Network which was where you could watch all those shows from Madison Square Garden. So I'd have to go to my aunt and uncle's house. And I remember watching when Jimmy Superfly Snuka did that uh, dive off the top of the cage on Don Morocco. Um, and it was an iconic moment. And, uh, you know, I always, uh, every once in a while, I'd fall asleep and have dreams that I was jumping off the top of the cage. And it was always something that, like, I, I loved. And so... Um, always was listening to uh, Wrestling Observer and getting the newsletters from Dave Meltzer, who's an uh, icon in our business. Oh, and of um, I've been reading that since I'm probably 12 or 13. And so, uh, you know, I, I've been around it my whole life. And so when I was working in the cable industry, I got to work with WWE and other um, groups in boxing and professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. So when this opportunity came around, and it just seemed like a natural fit. I'd followed it my whole life. I'd the business aspect from behind the scenes and cable um, and jumped at the opportunity when Mark brought it. Okay, so being a wrestling fan as a kid, I think it, it must be pretty important to you then to make sure that professional wrestling in this modern day, there is a family-friendly uh, option out there. So could you tell us a little bit more about uh, Wow Women of Wrestling and what it is, what its place is on Access TV? Sure. Well, you know, we, we've had many uh, wrestling groups on the network, but right now the one that uh, you're talking about, the Women of Wrestling and WOW, 
is a group that's owned by Jeannie Buss, who, uh, as we know, is one of the owners of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, it is backed by uh, Mark Burnett uh, as well and MGM Television and David McLean, who is the original founder of GLOW back in the 80s, which a lot of people now have discovered with the Netflix series. So mm-hmm. um, when this opportunity was brought to us uh, last year, I met with both Jeannie and David and kind of learned their vision. Um, you know, they wanted to empower women and give them a place to perform and to be the, the star of the show and not the fourth or fifth match down uh, like a WWE event or other places. And they pitched it to me, and we worked on it for months and months and months to put together um, an event that we thought would really resonate with the fans and, and capitalize on the popularity of GLOW as well. And uh, what we did was we were able to put that together. We launched the series uh, in January of 2019, and it is a smash hit already. And uh, the fans have really taken on that it is family-friendly, um, that the characters are a little over the top, but... You know, everybody can find somebody that they love. That's that's the great thing about the show. You know, typically in the old days, there was one fan favorite of a Hulk Hogan or somebody. Here, everybody has a different favorite character, and and, and that's great. It means the characters are resonating uh, across the board. Oh, for sure. So I had the opportunity. So you guys racially let me sit on on, uh, one of the tapings, and it was very clear that so many different people in the crowd looked towards different uh, different, uh, WoW superheroes. Could you tell us a little bit about some of the uh, superstars that you have there at WOW, some of these talents that you think uh, people should uh, tune in to see? Sure. You know, you have Tessa Blanchard, um, who uh, is, is, she goes by the born legend, but she's a third-generation wrestler. Uh, for those wrestling fans, you know, they'll know Atoli Blanchard, they'll know Magnum T.A., her uh, stepfather, they'll know uh, her lineage is second to none, kind of like a Charlotte Flair being Ric Flair's mm-hmm. daughter in WWE. Um, there's a character named the Beast uh, that is just a, a physical specimen. She, she's unbelievable uh, physique. You have Santana Garrett, who is also a second-generation wrestler um, that is over there. You have Princess Ozzy from Australia. You know, some of these names, you, you can pick it out. There's Jungle Girl. There's um, unbelievable characters. There's a Jesse Jones character who some may find to be a heel, but she uh, wanted, she was there to make wrestling great again. And mm-hmm. uh, talked about walls, uh, you know, around gated communities and uh, kind of analogous to our president and, and different things. And whether you love her or hate her, she was uh, somebody that definitely got a reaction from the crowd when she was out there. And, uh, oh, for sure. You, you know, you have wrestlers of every um, race, religion, ethnicity. So uh, there's somebody for everybody to relate to and watch and enjoy when they watch WOW. Yeah, so like you said, there's a lot of... Um I think in wrestling, a lot of the time, you have to have it be a reflection of reality. But in other ways, the wow is very, you know, uh, taken a little bit out of reality. There's a few supernatural or maybe mystical elements to it. Maybe a few uh, campy elements, you could say. What did you take from the original Glow? You said, obviously, David McLean was the, uh, the originator of Glow and now wow. What do you think are the similarities for people who might be coming into this off of the Netflix show? You know, I think there's a little bit, number one, having been behind the scenes and, and watched as they prepared there's a sisterhood there that, that isn't the same uh, in every wrestling locker room. You know, we did Ring of Honor Pro Wrestling. We do New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. And, you know, for the women to have their own locker room, you know, that they're not relegated to uh, the closet or somewhere else, you know, that's smaller because the big locker room, you know, they're the minority uh, of the wrestling group when it's in some of these other organizations here. You know, there's a sisterhood. Everybody's together and everybody 
uh, likes each other and likes to work with each other. And I think that piece of it that you saw in the original Glow series where they're, you know, living together and training together and knowing each other, um, you, you see that with WoW. And I think that piece of it um, was pretty cool. And then when you compare it to the original Glow, I think the costumes, and uh, you know, are a little over the top. Um, and the characters, and I was kind of explaining it to somebody because there is a push today for wrestling to be more sports-centric um, and right. like a, a sport. But yet, you know, when you take a look at these characters, you know, Princess Ozzy also, you know, might have a different name, but automatically you get she's from Australia or the Beast, you know, is going to be a strong woman, a jungle girl, and you kind of automatically people can connect to this show versus the name of somebody they don't know. And I think that's what right. he's... Um, that people underestimate that the the general viewer likes characters and, and likes to get invested in their story. And what's happened with WOW and, and what I've found compared to some other shows on our network is that we're, we're attracting also a casual entertainment fan who's also in for entertainment that might not just be all about pro wrestling. They find the show entertaining from just an entertainment aspect, which is amazing. Right, so it's a very different audience than the maybe the hardcore wrestling fans who are coming to access for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, would you say? Oh, definitely. It's, it's, you know, what's interesting is I think the New Japan fans can uh, enjoy it, but we've also seen an expansion of the audience number from New Japan to WOW, because you get the hardcore fan, but then you're also having all these people that might have uh, found glow on Netflix, and, and the audience is even bigger than we ever expected. I see. That, 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 I mean, that makes sense because of uh, just the way in which that Netflix show exploded. And now, I think you guys and uh, David McClain and Genie Bus came with WoW at the uh, perfect time. Uh, could you also explain why uh, Mark Cuban and the Access Management picked the perfect time to bring the Japanese pro wrestling to an American audience here? Um, you know, we've been doing New Japan for years now, and, and mm-hmm. that part of it, too, I have a, you know, a partner I work with here at Access. His name is Adam Swift, and he had a passion uh, for Japanese pro wrestling, and he would trade tapes as a kid, and he's a lawyer. So now you got an MBA from UCLA and a lawyer, I believe, from UNC. And you, you know, we we both uh, were huge pro wrestling fans, and and this was our passion, and we we had the opportunity to bring these uh, great you know brands to access. And so he mm-hmm. really spearheaded a lot of bringing uh, New Japan to the network, and he loved this as a kid. We would meet with New Japan, and. Um, we also saw that trend where pro wrestling was becoming more of a sport. And, and New Japan right. Pro Wrestling, if you get a chance to watch, there is no better professional wrestling in the world. From a pure wrestling standpoint, they're the best. And, um, you know, we, we were real excited to be able to bring that to America. And people got to see the Kenny Omegas and the Young Bucks uh, before they went to AEW. But uh, mm-hmm. primarily the Okadas and the Tanahashis and, and Naitos, and you, you're seeing – some of the best wrestlers from around the globe um, on Access TV with New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is predominantly all-male, and now we have an all-women's show, and wow, so we mm-hmm. kind of hit both sides of the universe with it. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, for those people who are out there that are maybe just WWE fans or uh, maybe just entertainment fans, what is it about the language barrier that Access has been doing to maybe try and bridge, or, or what is it about the product in New Japan that makes it transcend language barriers? You know, I think when you take a look, um, you know, I know I think Dana White famously says, you know, when you have a, a two guys on a corner and about to fight, 
Um, you don't really need a lot of language uh, barriers. You think you guys are about to fight and you want to watch it. And, and I think pro wrestling transcends like that as well. Um, if you if you have a character um, that is able to get the crowd involved um, one way or the other through their actions, through their speaking, by what they do. So with New Japan, you know, the, the first of all, we had an English commentary team when we introduced New Japan to the U.S. audience. We had Jim mm-hmm. Ross. Uh, it was a Hall of Famer, WWE cowboy hat, and, uh, you know, everybody knows good old JR and Josh Barnett, who had been in New Japan pro wrestling and a, a pro wrestler and the youngest UFC heavyweight champion of all time. Uh, of we introduced it originally with Mauro Ranallo and then, and then Jim Ross, and so we had two of the most mm-hmm. famous wrestling announcers in the globe bring it to the Access TV audience. So that, that helped a lot, too, when we introduced the product. And then, Having uh, New Japan was also looking to do a global expansion, and they did have uh, a lot more American and Canadian wrestlers in the roster, so it wasn't pure Japanese uh, only. And then after each show that we did, they would also do press conferences in English, which also helped uh, related to our crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that makes sense. Uh, you talk about that global expansion and doing the press conferences in English and stuff like that. I had the opportunity to do that at the uh, – uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed event here in Long Beach. Are New Japan looking to do more events in the United States in partnership with Access? Definitely, definitely. Uh, you'll see uh, more events that they'll do here in the U.S. Um, I, I think they announced uh, some upcoming shows here, and we will definitely be involved um, when they come to the U.S. Okay. Uh, in terms of a, a cross-promotion, especially with, um, when I'm looking at WOW, are we going to see maybe uh, people from other wrestling promotions hop into the ring in, a, in WOW, or will we see cross-promotion between New Japan and WOW, or is this mainly uh, is access to the platform where all these companies come to be uh, showcased, essentially? Yeah, I mean, I think New Japan and WOW would be a tough one just because they both yeah. focus primarily on one sex or the other. Um, so that would be a rough one, but like with, with WOW, we have wrestlers from Impact, um, Fire, her name is Kira Hogan, um, we have uh, Jessica Havoc, we have uh, Tessa Blanchard, um, Temptress um, on our network, you know, they all come from uh, Impact Wrestling, and so we definitely are very open-minded to wrestlers coming from other promotions in and out, um, you know, it, it only helps everybody to heighten the platform. Uh, as for yeah. New Japan, I can't speak for Harold May and, and what their plan will be, because um, I know everybody's wondering with AEW and, and how that'll work, um, whether they'll be uh, a wrestler exchange or not, but I'll leave that to those two companies. I, I'm just the broadcaster in that scenario. I have to watch, and we welcome <laughs> everybody to our network, but the promotions have to come to a deal on that one. Okay, uh, that, that makes perfect sense. And uh, you talked about... Um Wow, and New Japan both having some sort of a home here in Los Angeles. You yourself are a former Bruin, so could you tell us about a little bit about your time at UCLA and how that maybe helped you get to where you are today? Sure. You know, I have great memories. Uh, I attended the Anderson School at UCLA. I got my MBA there. Um, was there from 96 to 98. Um, it really helped me change my career. You know, at, at the time, uh, I started out in the casino business, um, and I was working for Mirage and Treasure Island in the early 90s, and then was buying stocks and bonds for an insurance company. Uh, so I probably had about four to five years of, of work experience and then decided to go back to business school at UCLA, and it completely mm-hmm. changed my life. Um, 
worked, you know, after school at Deloitte Consulting, but then got into stuff I really loved. And and that's the key for anybody out there that might be listening is once you find stuff you love, it doesn't feel like work anymore. I mean, I'm oh, so yeah. lucky. I get to watch professional wrestling and mixed martial arts and make deals and meet people that, you know, I grew up idolizing. I get to hang out with them and meet them and do deals um, and, and get paid for a living to do this stuff. So, um, you never start looking at the clock and wondering when your day is going to end once you're doing it. It took me until I was 31 to figure that out. So uh, if, if anybody can figure that out earlier, you're you're ahead of the game. Because once, once you're doing what you love, life is so much easier. So that's kind of my, my feedback. And UCLA gave me that chance to kind of reinvent, you know, what my career would look like. All right. That's some great advice right there. Uh, finally, for fans in Los Angeles and at UCLA, oh, wow. Uh, filmed their initial eight-episode run right here in Los Angeles. Are there any plans to do more uh, TV taping filmings either here or uh, anywhere else? Yes. <laughs> I'll leave that pretty broad. But the answer okay. is yes. Um, there are plans to do more, and uh, we'll be announcing that uh, probably in the near future. Um, but, the you know, the I do know that WOW has taped in the past at the Belasco Theater, and, and they enjoyed that as their home. All right, awesome. Um, uh, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners of UCLA Radio? No, I appreciate all my time and enjoy your time at UCLA, one of the greatest universities in the world. Had the greatest time there, so just enjoy it. And uh, if you guys ever need anything, uh, you can find me on Twitter, and I'll be happy to help the Bruins. All right, awesome. Uh, could you just plug your Twitter there? Uh, sure, it's at Andrew Access TV. so Andrew A-X-S. TV. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Simon. Have a great day, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Okay. Thank you for having me.